Welcome to the Dream Big, My Friend podcast, where you will find all the inspiration you need to begin living a more intentional life today. Because no matter where you are right now in life, it's never too late to dream big, my friend. And now here's your host, Francis Vitakovic. Welcome, my friend, to this episode, which is all about the 45 things that I learned by the time I was age 45. So I should preface this episode by saying that a few months ago, I celebrated my 45th birthday. And even though it wasn't a particularly pivotal milestone like it was when I entered my 30s or 40s, it still felt like a little stone that I tripped over on my path that made me stop and say, okay, so where am I right now? I'm 45. This is where I've made it. Thankfully, I love the view that I saw when I looked around myself. I love my work. I love my family and friends. I love my home and the city where I live in. And my children are now 13 and 16. So they're at that perfect age with starting to be just a little bit more independent. And by this age in adulthood, so I'm now 45, I've been here long enough to get comfortable in my own skin and proud of my strengths and more accepting of my weaknesses. So I thought I'd take the time to note all the things that I've learned in my journey through life so far, the good, the bad, and everything else that comes in between. So when I sat down to think about this list, I honestly had no idea what even lesson one would be. I mean, how do you summarize all the knowledge that you've gained after spending almost 16 and a half thousand days here on earth? Yes, I literally pulled out a calculator to work out that figure and the numbers truly stumped me because I can't believe it. I spent 16 and a half thousand days here on earth and I only probably have like a couple of hundred pivotal moments that have still stuck clearly in my mind. Now, the cool thing is, even though I'm fully aware that I'm always growing and I've never stopped growing since the day that I was born, you actually have to sort of stop and think about all the things that you've learned so far. I mean, I know that today, I know more than I did yesterday and I'm not the same person that I was last year or even just earlier this year before the pandemic hit the world. I'm constantly evolving, ever-changing and that is one of the most amazing opportunities that we have as humans when we have this life that we're blessed to be living. We can always do more, live more and be more. We make that our intention. So here are 45 things that I learned after being on this planet for 45 years. So let's start with number one. Life is short and time is precious. So it is only telling that we start this episode off with the mantra that I live my life. Life is short, time is precious. Now, for some reason, many of us live our lives as though the opposite is true. We act as if time is unlimited, as if we have this infinite number of days left on this planet when there's no evidence to actually suggest that that's true. Many of us also act as if life goes on forever, that there's more than enough time to achieve everything that we want to achieve in our lives, when once again, there's no evidence to back that up. Indeed, feel long at times when going through our days, but before we know it, our days have turned into weeks, which have turned into months and turned into years. And before you know it, you will be in your 40s and 50s and 60s. And it sometimes hurts then to know that you've wasted time and failed to grasp all the opportunities that have come your way because you are waiting to start tomorrow. And then tomorrow never comes because it is always today. So this is one of those lessons that many people learn later in life when the years have already passed. You learn then there's no rewind or do over button. The time to grab life's opportunities was right when it was happening, not after the fact. But when this lesson becomes crystal clear to you, it's like this light bulb goes off and suddenly you live life with more intention 
and you know that this is it. The time to do things is now while you can and while you are still inspired to dream big, my friend. So now let's have a conversation about lesson number two. We all have a special gift. I honestly feel like we're all put on this earth for a reason and we all have something special to share with others. So for me, my gift was writing and I knew from a really early age, I think it was like 12, that this was a gift that existed inside of me because I had such a strong love for books and writing. Now that doesn't mean that I was a great writer right from the word go, because I definitely wasn't. It took time to refine my skills and to get better with time and practice. But I sincerely loved writing and even if I wasn't paid a cent, you could not tear me away from pen and paper or a laptop to get these words out of me. Now, while writing is a gift that I was blessed with, your gift might look different. And even if it isn't evident to you right now, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Everyone's gift may be different and probably will be different. And for some, it might be a gift to paint or to sing or to tell funny jokes or to solve problems. For others, it might be the ability to create or communicate well or build things or be kind and patient with children. We all have a gift and I can't even begin to list the potential gifts that exist in this universe because they are endless. Our vocational strengths can be our gifts, just like our personality traits can be our gifts. Our ability to be resilient or compassionate or creative or adaptable or just to love others can be a gift that we hold. So whatever the case, you definitely have one. And even if you haven't identified it yet, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist because it definitely does. And I encourage you to look deep and understand that you were put on this earth for a reason. You were meant to be here right now today and your presence serves a purpose for one or many other people in the world. You are needed and you're special. And the moment you understand this truth, that you are blessed with this gift that you can use, create the life you love, life will change for you because you understand the purpose that you have. And you can finally put it to good use. So as Debbie Fields once so wisely said, we are here for a reason. We all have a gift or gifts to share. You want to look inside your heart and your soul and you want to tap into the one thing you love to do. Develop it, share it, nurture it. You were meant to have that gift. So now lesson number three, your dreams do not just fall into your lap. So now that we know that we are born with gifts, we need to understand that we also have the ability to dream. So some of us dream bigger than others. And if there's something that has made you dream small rather than dream big, I encourage you to look at what's gotten in your way. As Robert Kiyosaki once so wisely said, people who dream small dreams continue to live as small people. So be brave enough to dream big instead. You may be wondering how to make that shift and the answer is simple. Just decide. Decide that you want more out of life. Decide that you are worthy. Decide that giving it a go and failing is better than not giving it a go at all. Just decide. And now for lesson number four. Holidays are worth the investment. Now, I know a lot of us um and are about taking holidays. They are expensive. We need to take time off work to have them. Maybe we even need to pull our kids out of school during school term to take that extended trip. But in the end, I myself, you know, at age 45 now, have never regretted any of the holidays that I've taken. In fact, they stand out as my all-time favorite life memories, and they feel priceless to me. So my my family and I, we've taken three summer trips over to Europe, back to this island where my parents are born since the kids were young, and each holiday 
felt like such a gift. Just to be able to spend time away from home, just away from all those school and work commitments and the everyday routine and just have fun and relax together as a family. My gosh, it it really is a gift. My kids also had the opportunity to immerse themselves in a new culture, spend time with their great grandparents and family and friends that they never knew they had before. And each time, of course, we stressed about, you know, how are we going to pull off this big vacation? We had to save. We had to make sacrifices in order to make it happen. But in the end, it was always worth the time, effort, and investment. Those memories are priceless. They honestly are. They're worth every single cent that we spent to make them happen. And I wouldn't change the fact that I took those holidays for anything in the world. And the same can be said for the trips that we took as kids with our own parents. So my parents worked super hard all throughout our childhood. So we never actually took two big holidays while we were still at school. So the first was when I was in year seven, we went back to Croatia for almost four months. It was one summer we spent over there. And then we went back to New Zealand once, seven, we went for six weeks just to stay with our cousins. Now it's funny when you are older and you look back at your child and you discover you actually don't remember that much like you thought, gosh, like I lived with my parents for however many years and how much do you actually remember? But the few memories that do stick in my mind was when we went on those trips. And my parents actually seemed to be like different people when they were on the holidays. They were like so much nicer and more relaxed and happier when they were away from life's day-to-day stresses. So it was really great to see them in this different light. And we also had an opportunity to go away with them a few times as adults. And once again, everything was different. We got to enjoy each other, reflect, you know, on our blessings and somehow the holidays made us feel more alive. We felt connected. Holidays just have a way of doing that to people. So this has definitely been a really pivotal lesson for me that even though there's an expense attached to holidays and there's sacrifice required to make those trips happen, they are always well worth the investment in the end. And so that takes me to lesson number five. Travel opens your eyes to the beauty of the world around us. Now, before I go on and chat about a different topic, I wanted to add this lesson that I've discovered about travel that's related to the previous one, but sort of different. And it's different in that I've realized how pivotal all my travels have been in making me the person that I am today. So as I mentioned before, my parents took us on only two big holidays when we were kids. So I actually didn't have the opportunity to travel again until I was an adult and I'd saved up my own money to fund these adventures. So I saved enough to fund two and a half years of living on this island. My parents were born and I went there after university. And again, I went as a 25-year-old where I was going to do this big trip in Europe and do all the things that I dreamed of doing ever since I was a kid. I, you know, sipped tea in the cafes of Paris. I went on those gondola rides in Venice. I danced in Barcelona, drank wine in Tuscany, caught the tube in London, visited the palace in Monaco and scribbled my name underneath Juliet's balcony over in Verona. I just allowed myself to dream big and I had this big vision for this holiday. I wanted to explore all the places that I wanted to see in Europe. And even though that part of me traveling through Europe, I visited England, Spain, Italy and France. It only went for a few weeks, that part of my holiday, before we jumped back over to Croatia. It still made me realize the truth, which is this quote by St. Augustine, who said, Old is a book, and those who do not travel read only one page. So travel reminds you that where you live is just one little tiny dot on the planet and there exists so much more in this world, you know, different people, different cultures, different languages and customs and a different way of viewing the world and viewing life. 
So I do believe that people should try to travel if they can while they're still young and able to. We stress a lot about money when we get older, but somehow we can make it work and you have to try to make it work if that's your dream because those experiences are far more valuable than money will ever be. And Danny Kay once so wisely said, to travel is to take a journey into yourself. And in the end, you won't remember all those times that you spent working in your office or the times that you were, you know, fussing around your home, mopping, vacuuming, washing the dishes. You're going to remember those moments instead where you stepped outside your comfort zone and you traveled. And traveling gives you new eyes in which you can view yourself and the world around you. And by gosh, we really do live in a beautiful world if you go out there and explore it. So if you've never traveled, that's okay. There, you know, there's still time and some people don't care for it as much as others do. And if you've traveled in the past and you really want to do it again, but it's just not the right season in life for you, just know that the option is always available to you in the future. Your life's not over yet. You've still got time. Okay. Like for me right now, my kids are in high school. My daughter's coming up to those last years of schooling where, you know, trips abroad are not really feasible and that's okay. I can just simply accept that this is a season of life that we're in right now. I definitely hope to travel more in the future because, as I said before, I've learned that travel makes me feel so much more alive. And it just always reminds me how beautiful the world is that we live in. Oh, lesson number six. It's better to do something and regret it than to regret not doing it at all. So I think I've mentioned this quote in another podcast before. I heard it when I was a teenager and I remember my mind almost like exploded from just how powerful this thought was. And up until then, I think that I held back from doing a lot of things as I was worried about the consequences. I thought it was better to keep myself small rather than making myself too big. I thought it was better not to make mistakes rather than dealing with the fallout of what those mistakes could bring me. And then one day I realized that by keeping myself small, I wasn't really living at all. It's like actually being stuck in this tight box. You know, you tried to kid yourself that the box is safe. It's comfortable. When the truth is, it actually, it actually hurts. You're getting cramped. Like you're feeling uncomfortable. What I discovered later on in life is that the security of feeling safe and comfortable, it actually lives inside you so that when you step outside that box and go anywhere in life, you're always totally fine because you have your own back and you are taking care of you. So throughout my life, this has just been a mantra of mine that I've, you know, repeat to myself as often as I can. If I ever think that something could go wrong, I would just say it to myself over and over again. It's just better to do something and regret it rather than to not do anything at all. It's better to do something and regret it than not do anything at all. So I think since then I've taken heaps of chances. I've stepped outside my comfort zone, tried to live rather than avoiding mistakes, avoiding failure, avoiding saying and doing things when my heart was secretly yearning to give it a go. Because I really think that Mark Twain was so right when he said, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do than by the ones that you did. So throw off those bow lines and sail away from the safe harbor. Catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore, dream, and discover. So now for lesson number seven. It's true what they say. You only get 18 summers with your kids. So now it's time to touch upon a lesson that I've learned since having children. So I'm a mum now and my kids are teenagers, they're 13 and 16, and now that they're closer to the adult years, being a little newborn, I have to say that it's really true when people say that time flies past fast. It really does. 
One minute they're little babies and then they're toddlers and preschoolers and next they're growing at this most rapid rate. I'm not joking, they're suddenly taller than you. They're becoming more independent. They're not stuck to your side like they were in those early years. Now, I'm not kidding when I say that I sometimes see a mum now pushing a pram and I can actually barely remember what it was like to be in those shoes. It does feel like a lifetime ago. And while those early years sometimes feel so long ago, the later years feel as if they are on steroids. They are going so fast. You know, they become these mini adults. And so when people say 18 summers, now I know that kids, they become adults and you probably will have hopefully 15, 60 years with them. But even still, it's only 18 summers that we have with our kids pre-adulthood when they're still safe and secure within our own home and they're, you know, little. And even though that isn't to say that we won't continue to have these great relationships with our kids in the future, those early days of them wanting kisses and cuddles all the time or wanting you to read them bedtime stories or, you know, jump into bed with them, they are one day. They sort of suddenly disappear and your relationship will, of course, grow and mature, but those early days will be gone. It's a part of life. And in many cases, you're actually going to miss them. I mean, for, for me, I actually went through this weird morning phase when my kids both started high school. So high school here in Australia starts in year seven. And I don't know if I'm alone in like feeling this way, but it's actually really hard to hard for me to process saying goodbye to those younger years. It was hard for me to know, you know, I wouldn't be grabbing my hand anymore as I walked them to school. It was hard to let go of the fact that I wouldn't be the center of their life anymore because suddenly their friendship circle was becoming more important to them. And of course, that's a perfectly normal stage for teenagers. Teenage years are a period where, you know, it's expected that kids are going to slowly break away from being dependent on their parents as they make their way towards adulthood. But for some of us, it takes time to adjust to this new change. So 18 summers, my friends, I really recommend that you treasure every single one of them because they do go so fast. And now for lesson number eight, family is everything. Now, I'm not sure whether this lesson is one that I've noticed simply because it's been drummed into me from an early age whether I just would have eventually come to the same conclusion. Now, it's a really big thing for me today. That isn't to say that I've got the perfect family because I don't. We are very normal. We sometimes squabble. We often disagree with each other. But in the end, we understand that we're connected to each other and that being loving means loving each other despite our differences. You know, we make time for each other. My parents still insist that we have to get together every single week for a family dinner, my sisters and I. We call each other all the time to check in and see how the others are going. We make an effort. We're loyal and we always have each other's back. So my husband and I are consciously trying to instill these same values in our own kids because we know that moving forward, if we want our future generations to stay close, we need to just make sure that this message is really clear. Family's everything. Family's important. And we stick together through thickness and thin. And yes, okay, we might be different. We are going to have disagreements, but at the end of the day, it's just my belief that blood is thicker than water and just like the branches on a tree, we might grow in different directions, but our roots will always remain the same. And I love this quote by Desmond Tutu. He said, you don't choose your family. They are God's gift to you as you are to them. And Anita Baker also said, you leave home to seek your fortune, but when you get it, you go home and you share it with your family. So for me, this is just a definitely a pivotal lesson. Family matters. Family is important. You need to actually make the time and effort to, you know, really nourish and strengthen those relationships because without time and commitment, it is so easy for any relationship to fall apart. 
because I've already decided that family is important to me, I do make a conscious effort to make it a priority and just to keep those relationships strong. And now for lesson number nine, great friends are priceless. So leaning on from my lesson about the gift of families, the next thing that I've learned in life is that great friends are priceless. Now, that doesn't mean to say that you have to keep the same friends that you've had ever since you were a kid. Of course not. There are seasons in your life and friends will come and go. But a true friend doesn't have to be someone who's right by your side 24 hours a day. Some of my bestest friends in the whole wide world are right now on the other side of the world. But I feel as if their presence like is always really strong, as if they're right beside me, supporting me from a distance, always loving me and wishing me well. So these are the sort of friends that you can call in the middle of a night and you just know that they're going to pick up the phone when they see your name. They're not going to ignore it. They make life sweeter. They refresh your soul and everything feels fine when you're in their presence. So for me, I know that a friend's a really, really true friend when I have that feeling that it doesn't matter what else is going on in your life right now, but when you're with them, the whole world could be in utter chaos and everything would still be okay because they're there for you, you're there for them, and they've got your back. You've got each other's back. So to have a friend like that is a gift. It's a blessing and something that we really should treasure. So you might encounter dozens of friends throughout your life that you just love. But you don't need a hundred of them to feel like you're blessed, okay? Just a handful is enough. When you're with these type of friends, there's no need for pretense. You can let your hair down. You can say and do anything, knowing that they're still going to love you at the end of the day for who you are deep down, not, you know, some unicorn version of yourself that doesn't really exist. You get to be yourself. And I feel like I've been really blessed with having this priceless gift of friendship in my life. And I hope you are too. So just treasure them dearly if you have them because they are worth their weight in gold. And now for lesson number 10, grief is the price that we pay for love. Now I put this down as a lesson because I actually recently lost my aunt. And as we get older, it becomes more apparent than, you know, we don't live forever. As we get older, our parents get older too. We just become more conscious of of our mortality. And it does hurt a lot to have to say goodbye to someone that you love. But now I understand, or it's sort of something that I've gained as I've gotten older, it's actually supposed to hurt when someone passes away or when you lose someone, because that's the price we pay for love. So feeling grief is what we call clean pain, because it's a natural, normal response when someone passes away or when we experience the loss of love. We feel grief when our hearts are broken. We feel grief when our friendships end or a relationship ends, but we only feel that way when we've loved deeply and with all our hearts. So in some ways, we're blessed to have loved that deeply at all. As they say, it is better to have loved and lost rather than never to have loved at all. And I really believe that's true. So now for lesson number 11, you might have to kiss a few frogs before you find your prince. So when I was coming up with my list, I decided I was just going to honor whatever ideas came to my mind and just write them down unedited. And this was like the first quirky one that came in my mind where I went, you know, seriously, this is like a grand lesson that I've learned, but apparently it is. And it's something that I wish I could share with all the younger people listening to this episode. Because back when I was a teenager dreaming of a future that involved working in a job I loved or creating my own family, I think it would have helped for me to know that the first or second or third boy that I had a crush on might just actually be a frog instead of the prince that I was looking for. Looking back at my younger years, this lesson was definitely true. You know, sometimes you're going to like someone who isn't right for you. And sometimes you will like someone who you think is right for you, but 
They just don't feel the same way. And none of us know when we're going to meet our future partner, but I still feel like we need to be open to that experience and be open to love for it to come our way. So for me, I met my husband when I was 23. It was when I was least expecting it because I was living overseas at the time and I had this, you know, no real intention to come back and live in Sydney at the time. But when you meet someone who you think could be that person for you, your soulmate or whatever you want to call it, you need to be willing to trust the journey and see where that road takes you. You need to trust your intuition. And yep, some people are going to kiss a hundred frogs before they find the one. And others may find their prince and discover that he's later turned on, you know, back to being a frog. And that's okay. We all have a different journey to life. And love is part of what makes it special. And I should probably also mention that sometimes the prince doesn't even look like the prince that you were expecting at all. Just an ordinary guy dressed in plain clothing who's going to catch your eye and catch your breath and make your heart skip a beat. So now let's have a conversation about lesson number 12, loving yourself first. So while we are on the topic of love, I think it's really important for me to mention this idea of loving yourself. Now, I'm pretty sure that I definitely didn't understand this concept when I was young. I think back then I confused loving yourself. You know, when someone said, oh, you got to love yourself. I confused that with, you know, being vain or arrogant. But that isn't actually the type of self-love that I am advocating Self-love is when you have your own back. It's when you know you are worthy and capable and enough, just as you are. So I love his quote that says, if you're searching for that one person that will change your life, take a look in the mirror. If you have the ability to love others, well, just love yourself first. It is not selfish to love yourself. We need to make that a priority for our own happiness and for our own sanity. So yes, definitely love yourself. Even if you aren't perfect, even if you make mistakes, even if you sometimes drive yourself crazy. Be willing to own your own story and love yourself as you would your very best friend. So just some questions to think about now. Take the time to think about this. What does self-love actually mean to you? How do you sometimes get in your own way? And what, if anything, are you having a hard time accepting about yourself? How do you sometimes tend to sabotage yourself if that's the case? What do you need to forgive yourself for? And what beliefs about yourself are holding you back in life? So in the end, it all comes down to what Buddha once said, you yourself, as much as anyone in this universe, deserve your love and affection. Now for lesson number 13. Okay, this one's a good one. I love it. It's okay to be different. So I'm not sure why kids and teens stress about this, you know, idea of being different because I think it's like the coolest thing, seriously, one of the coolest things in the world to be different, just to be your own unique person. I mean, do we really want to be a replica of every single other human in this world? You know, Kurt Cobain said it best when he said, they laugh at me because I'm different and I laugh at them because they're all the same. Now, that being said, you know, did I know this lesson when I was a teen myself? Nope. No way. I'm sure I didn't. I'm not even sure that this light bulb moment came on until I was a lot older, but you can believe that it was totally liberating and freeing for me to just accept that. Yes, I'm different. So are we all. And it's actually a fantastic thing. So now for lesson number 14, stop caring what other people think. So this is definitely another lesson that sort of connects to the one above, but it's just that step forward. So while it's great to know that being different is cool, it's a good thing, it's even better when you stop caring what other people think about you. So please note, this is definitely easier said than done. Even at age 45, I sometimes get this little inkling, you know, that old feeling resurfaces where I wonder, what do people think about, you know, what I'm saying or writing? 
But seriously, like I have to consciously nip that thought in the bud and reply, it actually doesn't matter what other people think or say about me. Their thoughts are none of my business and their opinion of me is not more important than my own opinion of myself. So other people have their own life to lead. You have your own path to follow. It is so liberating when you don't need or seek the approval of others in life. The people who love you will respect your decisions and the people who negatively judge you, they don't really matter in the end. So I think it was C. Joybell C. who said, the unhappiest people in this world are those who care the most what other people think. And it really is true. You just need to follow your own heart, trust your own intuition, listen to that inner voice that you have and stop the people pleasing and caring what other people think. Because the moment you do this, like you stop caring what other people think, that's actually the moment that you free yourself from the self-imposed shackles, you know, that fear of judgment, and you can just start being your true self instead. And it is the best feeling. So now for lesson number 15, not everyone you meet will be as nice as you. Now, I wish I could like sugarcoat this lesson, but I really can't. The truth is not everyone in this world will behave as nicely as you. We set ourselves up for disappointment when we expect others to have the same manners, to have the same level of compassion or understanding as we do. But the truth is some people are just on a different path in their life and some people were brought up with different expectations, different values. And different personalities that sometimes just clash with our own. They might work well for others, but with us, it just might not be something that we jive with. And the sooner we accept that this is something that just will always exist, we can actually begin to appreciate those who are on the same wavelength as us, as well as becoming more tolerant of those who might be ruder or more judgmental or dismissive, because that's the baggage that they're carrying. And we shouldn't take it personally because it really has nothing to do with us. And so that's just a life lesson I've had to take on. You know, not everyone's going to be nice and that's cool. We're all born with free will and agency in this world. So people have the right to act in whatever manner they want. You don't have to like it. You don't have to think they're nice. You can think they're totally rude. You you can have whatever opinion you want of them. As long as you understand that they don't need to change in order to make you happy, just like you don't need to change for anyone else to be happy. You can all be who you feel like you were born to be. So, so far I've shared with you 15 out of the 45 lessons I've learned by age 45. As you can probably already guess, this episode is turning out to be a long one. So I'm going to be sharing with you the final 30 lessons over the next two episodes. As always, thank you so much for taking the time to spend it with me on this episode. I love and appreciate you all. And I cannot wait to catch you in the next episode. Until later, dream big, my friend. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. And if you really loved it, you can show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. For more inspiration, head over to dreambigmyfriend.com where you will find even more content for all the dreamers out there. Until next time, dream big, my friends.